This is the Kick Aspirational Podcast. Uh, I'm Dave Vanderveen, and uh, if you haven't listened to us before, this is all about helping people break through barriers in life. We like to do it in a positive, kick-ass way, hence the, hence the name. And um, today we're on episode two, uh, I'm sorry, season two, episode 26. I'm still in Sardinia, and uh, today I'm with uh, someone's become a good friend, uh, Ralph Gunsch. 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 I'm sorry. My, no problem. My, no problem. My German pronunciation is not so good. <laughs> uh, welcome, Ralph. Good to, good to have uh, you on the podcast. Today. Nice to be here. Thank you. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, probably in, in Europe, a lot of you would know Ralph. He's a um, he was a former professional. Uh, soccer player, football player, as you would say, of, of Deutsch. Yeah, the, the, do we talk about football or soccer? Just just to stay clear before Let's the... just define the terms right now. Yeah. We're talking, when we say football, we're talking about Americans. In American, we would say soccer, but in Germany, we would say football. Yeah. Right? In Dutch, we would say foot, foot, football. F- football. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, I think yeah, I mean, uh, footy, I'm going to Australia from here, so footy, they would call it there, but... Uh, Football, soccer, the game with the black and white, well, they're all different colors now, but, yeah. but historically the black and white ball you kick yeah. around your feet. Um, so Ralph, you've, you've had a, you had a, your background is you, um, you've been, a, you were a professional soccer player in the Bundesliga. Yeah, I've been, yeah. And uh, you, you also now are one of the top commentators in Germany for, uh, for, for, for football. Yeah, I would say as a pundit because I'm no, not the classical, classic yeah. uh, commentator. What's the I'm, difference between a pundit and a commentator? The commentator um, follows the game. He just explains what's happening, yeah. tells some stories about the players, about the clubs, and I'm analyzing the game. Right, I just okay. explain what happened, why did it happen. That's my job. Okay. And, and we met because of this event that we're, that we're at right now, the yeah. 52 Super Series. Last year in Valencia, yeah. Yeah, we met last year in Valencia. Um, 52 Super Series, if you're not familiar, is kind of the Grand Prix of mono-hull uh, sailboat racing. So single-hull sailboat racing, top sailors in the world, all a lot of America's Cup racers and Olympians. And uh, Ralph... We, you, you were, you were being a pundit at a game in Valencia last yeah, it, year. It was Valencia against Juventus Turin, yeah. And that, there was a really interesting event that happened. Ronaldo, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, got kicked out of the game, got a red card. Get kicked out, out of the game. It was his first Champions League game for, for Juventus. Um, and uh, he gets a red card, I think, after 30 minutes, something like that, because um, he tried to grab the hair of his, of his opponent and... Uh, yeah, the referee gave him red for this for this act. Right, because in, in football or soccer, the um, red cards are given for kicking, spitting, punching, for, for aggressive, really aggressive behavior. Un, right? Unsportsman, uh, how you say it in the NFL? Unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, yeah. genau. Auf Deutsch, how do you say it? Um, unsportliches Verhalten. Un, un, unsportlich. Unsportlich. Verhalten ist, Verhalten oh, ist, oh, movement ist, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, Ralph's uh, native language is German. He's doing yeah, that's why English. I want to say sorry to everybody who's, <laughs> who has problems to, to follow me. But that's no, my that's my school English. This so is the fun. Um, this yeah, is, this is it's fun to have to have a second language that's so good. I think a lot of us in America wish we had better second languages. Um, <laughs> but uh, in fact, we, we we struggle with English a lot of times. But uh, but but so so at this game, it was very controversial because Cristiano Ronaldo is he's uh, he's one of the biggest player in the world. And where is he from originally? From Portugal. From Portugal. Yeah. That's right. He's not, I was going to say he's Spanish, but he's, no, no. he's Portuguese. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And um, and but where he did he play for a Spanish team for Real? Madrid? He played for Real Madrid, yeah. yeah and so it, he, and just... he moved to to Juventus last season. Right. So it was his his first year, and um, his they, they trade him because um, Juventus wanted to win the Champions League. Right. They and, won the Italian uh, championship last year seven times in a row now eight years so, in a row so this so is an italian team that's uh, one of the top italian teams yeah, right it's yeah. it's the top italian team at the moment so right. it's no problem to win the italian championship right but they wanted to win the champions league so you the european cup for for club teams yeah right and so they they spend all this money they get the top yeah. player yeah he's playing in spain so there's a lot of spanish soccer you know football fans who We're very well aware of Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, and, and after 30 minutes, <laughs> after 30 minutes, he he gets the red card. It was a correct red card. It was a German referee. I met him at the next the next day at the airport, and I asked him why did you gave him a red card, and he explained his 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 side of of the situation. His point of view, yeah. yeah, his point of view, and um, for me, it's it it sounds good or it sounded good. So yeah, it was a correct red card. Yeah, and it was. I think it was fun because we had a conversation about it. Because you had said at the time, "This is a correct red card." It was a controversial call. It was. It was. There was a lot of people saying we could barely touch the guy or that sort of thing. The thing is, um, there were two or three players in Europe. Um, the the opinions are totally divided. Whatever they do, it's Messi right. from Barcelona. It's sure. it's Cristiano Ronaldo from Juventus because these are the two best players. Actually, people love these people. They're emotionally connected to them, or they hate them. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Even you can hate him or you can love him, but you, yeah. it's not possible you don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah, there are people who've created memes just about Cristiano Ronaldo's eyebrows. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so anyway, so you you made the call. I loved it because I had thought the same thing, but I'm not a soccer pundit or, you know, I've never played professional soccer. But um, you did in college. But I, I did a little <laughs> bit in college, yeah. I, I was a very uh, modest uh, college player. But the um, it was great to hear you say that. I think we, we started a friendship kind of around some of that. And we were talking at the time as well about American football, about yeah. gridiron football. Uh, because you also happen to be a fan of, of the gridiron. Just, just become a fan in the last four to five years when it comes more popular in Germany um, because there were more um, you, you could see more games in the TV and then I start to learn the rules yeah have you figured them out yet Most of them. <laughs> I, I still it's not, don't. It's not too complicated. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, it's not too complicated, but I still don't understand a few things like celebrating after making a, a touchdown and, and you get a fine for that. Why? I mean, yeah, have yeah. you ever seen soccer players celebrating after a goal? Although, although in soccer now or, or football, if you take your jersey off, you get a fine, right? Yeah. There's, there's limits to the celebration. That's right, yeah. But um, I was totally surprised when I think last week I don't know who made a touchdown and he took off his helmet mm. and get a fine. Yeah, it's getting But a little why? crazy. It's I getting mean, a little crazy. In, in the moment of the touchdown, the game is over for a few seconds, for for one minute or whatever. Right. Why can't he take off his helmet for celebrating? Well, it, no, exactly. And it's not like there's he's stopping the game or anything. And and I think to your point, like. Where are those boundaries? Because, like, if you look, if you go to the, every team has their own thing that they do. Yeah. In Green Bay, when you score a touchdown, you run and you jump. It's called the Lambo leap. You at Lambo Field, you yeah. run and you leap into the crowd, yeah. and they grab you, and then you come back down and you know yeah. whatever. That doesn't get fined. I think. I in, think in, in soccer, it's get fined. Yeah, ex it's soccer, not allowed you, to, to, to jump, jump to the people. The fans. Yeah. yeah. So it's you know it's I think it's a little bit arbitrary, and uh, we need to work on some of those things. 
One of the, so and, and maybe while we're talking about this, so who's your favorite uh, football team? American gridiron football team. Like I said, I became I became a big fan in the last four to five years and had no special team, no special player. But after I watched more and more games, um, it started to be the Green Bay Packers, especially Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, just just because of, of his of his way to play. And after I told you that, yeah, you told me you know him, and I was like, <laughs> what? You know Aaron Rodgers. Well, I, I mean, we were talking, yeah. <laughs> I, I told you I agreed, and, um, you know, I'm a big, I really hadn't watched a lot of football, yeah. but I'm a huge fan of Aaron, and we've become, you know, good friends. I, I work with him now in, in yeah. investing. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, and I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's funny, it's, it's great to have an outside perspective on American gridiron football because. I stopped watching. I played a little bit when I was young and then kind of got bored of it because it's a lot of stopping. It doesn't keep moving. I have kind of ADD. Yeah. So I was like basketball, soccer, hockey, sports where you're constantly moving. Yeah. Um, and, and no disrespect to American football. Some people absolutely love it. But uh, I kind of came back to it because I became friends with Aaron and wasn't really paying attention. And all of a sudden I thought, well, I should probably start paying attention to American football. And uh, he is one of the most inspiring players. I mean, the things he, like the, in this last game against the, um, the Broncos, where, you know, right out of the gate, he yeah. throws some epic touchdown pass that you're not expecting. Yeah. It's really, really fun to watch. I'm, I'm far away from saying that I know a lot of the sports and can explain what happens on the field. But um, as I said, the more games I, I watched and the more I saw the Packers, the more I saw... Aaron Rodgers playing, it was like, hey, okay, this guy makes also some unexpected things. Yeah. Just some sometimes not hiding in his pocket, trying to get to the left or to the right, searching, yeah. searching the right pass. So yeah, he became uh, my favorite player. Long time he was my only one favorite player. Last season, I have to say, there was a second one. Yeah, who's that? Not, not as good as Aaron Rodgers, yeah. but. Um, I really like uh, watching uh, Pat Mahomes from the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. He's also a very, very, very good player. quarterback. Had yeah. Great, great right arm to throw um, yeah, some very difficult passes. And, and you th we were talking about that uh, the other day. Yeah. You think that's because of his baseball connection, correct? There, there is a baseball connection. I think his father was an MLB professional player. Right. Um, and in college, he played also baseball and, and, and football and had... The possibility he, he could choose between Probably baseball and both. and and uh, yeah. yeah and football, which is hard to do. I mean, you've you know in the U.S. university programs when you're playing a, a college level sport, yeah. Usually playing one sport is like a full time job, right? You're con even in the off season they have you training harder than you do in the off on season because you have games. But at so the end, he's just throwing yeah. bolts. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just. <laughs> yeah, but I, you're you're right. It's it's. Uh, I think it gives you this other other kind of angle on the game yeah. and creativity that otherwise you yeah. wouldn't have. For example, in in soccer, there's a guy too. Uh, he plays now uh, in the MLS, Slatan uh, Ibrahimovic. Mm. He's very well known for his. Um, for his physical strength, yeah, and that's because he also make a lot of um, uh, karate, some different types of fighting sports, and oh, wow. you see it when he makes his his moves. Right, that it's not typical only soccer. There is something else. Yeah, and if you know that he makes a lot of fighting sports, you know why. Well, especially the kicking and the yeah. and, and the elegance. I think you yeah, get yeah. from fighting sports because he's very tall. Yeah, he's taller than me. I'm uh, one point ninety uh, nine. 
how to say it. Uh, it's about 6'2", 6'3". You're a little taller than me. Are you taller than me? Are I don't know. Same Let's stand up real quick. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say Ralph is about 6'4". Right. Yeah, so Slatan Ibrahimovic should be 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, something so like a, that. He's a big dude. Yeah. yeah, but it looks very elegant yeah. when he's moving. Well, it, it's kind of like when you see people who are gymnasts and are also martial artists. Yeah. You know, they have this elegance and grace that, that kind of transcends either sport. And I think when you can add that to a game like football or, you know, it's American, or, you know soccer, yeah. it, really, uh, it really gives you a, a, another level again because yeah. you can add something to it. It does. Game. So, um, so <laughs> this is a great conversation. I'm enjoying. I, so here's a question for you. So um, I think one of the things that Aaron does really well, and this isn't all about Aaron Rodgers, but one of the things that he does really interestingly, part of, part of the reason people love to watch him play is because he he'll do like these big hail mary plays, or he does these very creative plays out of the pocket. Um, it reminds me of my favorite of uh, soccer football player, uh, Johan Cruyff, who created this idea of total football. Right. Now, yeah. as, as a German, Johann Cruyff. No, 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 no. I, I really. Uh, but it was about adding creativity to the game using the whole field, right? I think there is no other player who had a bigger influence to the whole football, uh, soccer playing in the whole world than Johann Cruyff. Right. Um, and why is that? I've got ideas, but but tell me, tell me why you think that. He started in the Netherlands with his total foot, uh, total soccer, which means that all eleven. Oh, Okay. Except the goalkeeper, all 10 players on the field um, are involved in the game, are right. involved in winning the ball. If right. you if you see some some games from the um, from the Netherlands from the Dutch national team in the 70s, it looks totally weird. It was a totally different style of playing f soccer, yeah. of chasing the ball. It's okay to say football. Okay. <laughs> right now, we're I think, back to calling I, yeah, football uh, soccer. They, yeah. they know what, yeah. what I'm meaning. Um, and uh, then he moved or he played for Barcelona. Right. And kind of created what became the, the, the style of Barca play, correct? Yeah, he or created the, the DNA of, of, of the Barca style. Um, yeah. The whole education you get in La Masia, that's the youth academy of FC Barcelona, Yeah are based on the ideas of Johan Cruyff. Right. Pep Guardiola, actually one of the best coaches in the world, um, who's now working for Manchester City, um, said that all he learned, is he learned it from, from Johan Cruyff. And that's the tiki-taka, the, the for example, yeah. space, passing yeah, yeah, the space, yeah. things like this. And Johan Cruyff said a lot of great things about football, like football is an easy game. But it's very hard to make it look easy. And so it is. <laughs> right. That's the, that's the problem of elegance, right? Yeah. That, that's what I said uh, for Pat Mahomes. He only throwing balls. At the end, it's just throwing a ball. Right. But to make it look easy, that's very hard. Right. It's a very long way to play football easy. But at the end, it's, yeah, at the end it's very hard to get there because... The biggest problem in football or in soccer, there were 11 other people in different colors who want to have the ball too. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the problem of elegance, I think. When you think about like Zen archery or, or great martial artists. Yeah. Um, so, in, in, you know, I did a fair bit of martial arts when there's these things you have to learn called katas, which mm -hmm. are, um, you know, part of the, part of the, the um, when you're doing like a, a competition, part of it's sparring, part of it's demonstrating your kata, that you can yeah. do these, these movements. And one of the best things I ever saw was a very advanced martial artist 
um, went back and did the very first kata, but did it perfectly. And it was like so profound, like everyone was kind of just stunned by it. Because typically you're watching them do something really complicated and, you know, a lot of movements. And he, instead he decided to do this, per, put kind of perfect elegance yeah. into the, the original kata. And I think when you see these great players, or like the, whether it's Cruyff or Mahone or, or Rogers or any of these guys, part of what they're doing is their, their movement is so, so um, efficient and elegant yeah. that you don't even realize how, how much effort has gone into getting to this point where they can do those things so, so well. Um, <clears throat> studies say that if you want to learn a new movement, um, you have to do it eight to 12,000 times until you can say, I can't do it. Right. Until, you, you, until it looks good, elegant, normal. Right. Like ten, it's your, the 10,000 hours, right? Yeah. yeah or or 10,000 movements or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of work to do until you can throw a ball. Right. What sounds very easy. Right. 40, 50 yards. <coughs> sorry. 40, 50 yards to the receiver. Right. A lot of that movement's in your hips, not even in your arms, right? Yeah. Yeah. Also with a lot of pressure for, because there are a few guys... <laughs> trying to kill you. <laughs> they are trying to kill you. And that's the same in soccer. If you, if you see Barcelona playing and you try to analyze this style of playing, it's not so hard. It's just players in the midfield where, where you mostly have the ball... They have in 90 minutes between 130 to 160 contacts. Right. That's a lot of contacts. Me as a central defender, during the game, I had games where I only touched the ball 30 times. Right. But from these 130 touches, they made no mis they make no mistakes. It's constant. It's it's constant passing, right? Yeah. Constant constant passing, player to player. And that's hard to learn because um, it's easy to play a pass over five meters. Right. But there are also some opponents who want to have the ball too. And there's a lot of pressure during the game. And everybody need, knows what to do. And you have to combine 11, or, yeah, 11 players to, to want the same thing, to do the th same thing. And if you do this over a long time, then it starts to look easy. Right. But that's hard to get there. And, and are they training? In, what's the process to get there? Is that like a lot of short-sighted games, like three-on-three -three games where you're making space, passing to space? Or there, what are the different techniques that you use? No, you start, you, start, uh, you start with the, with the big games like eight against eight, nine against nine, because first you have to do it with a lot of space and not, not so much time pressure. Mm. And if you can do it in a big free space with not so much time pressure, then you... Um, try to make some uh, some changes like the fields will be smaller so there will be more time pressure because there is not so much space right um, then you go down to five against five three against three and yeah and you keep keep working on that but this is only one part of a lot of parts in in, right. in, in trying to be one of the best teams in the world right so what are they, in, in your experience, places like Barca or teams that you've played for that have had similar levels of you know, elegance? We never had the, <laughs> the level of elegance like, like Barca, but yeah. What, what, what is their training style then? Are they, are they, how are they, how are they um, building in elegance but also leaving in creativity? Um, first of all, these guys who have this perfect football or soccer skills um, 
they love to play football. And I mean, not work football, play football. It's, yeah. it's still a game you have to play. It's not right. fighting. Right. Yeah, you have a lot of one against one and it's very, you need also a physical strength, but at the end, you have to play with the ball. And um, I always said there was a big difference in playing football. You know, there are guys like me where I do what the ball wants. Yeah. And there are guys like Messi where the ball wants what uh, does what he wants. He, what he wants. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. a big difference. Yeah, 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 so yeah. these guys have a perfect, uh, have perfect technical skills. Yeah. Um, so they don't have to care about the ball. They can take a look where's my where's my uh, where's the next player for my team where's where's the free space where i have to go right because everything with the ball works perfectly well it's, it's almost like they're they're shaping the game to their will yeah. right i mean it's you see it with kobe bryant you see it with aaron you see it with with different players yeah um and i think messi and, and ronaldo have been in those cases which is why they're so valuable it's hard to pin down exactly why but they have this unique ability to to not only um, be great technical players, but to shape the game, yeah. to shape the space. I could explain, but we we don't have so much time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I remember when when Beckham came to America. I didn't see it as much when he was playing in 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 the UK and, and other places. But when when he came to America, and so I think the level of play isn't quite as obviously as high as it is in Europe. And he was at at the Galaxy, and he was playing midfield. I think you would see him just completely open up the field. Yeah. with a lot of how he was shaping the play. And, and I think, you know, probably because he was at the height of his, you know, maybe a little past the height of his career, but at this place where he's very relaxed and casual with the game, or more relaxed and casual with the game. And he's playing it kind of, you know, with people who aren't playing at the same level he was at the height of his career. I think it gave him the flexibility to do that, but it was profound to watch how he would just completely open up the field. David Beckham is a very good example because I've, there was no other player in the last... 20, 25 years who made so good crosses than David Beckham. Right. Um, if you if, just go to, to YouTube and watch the best of crosses from David Beckham and you see as a striker, normally it was very hard not to get the ball right, because right. he was perfect Slowly, yeah. in, yeah, he was perfect in crossing the balls and you don't, you only have to stay there and wait for the ball because the ball will come. Right. If David Beckham kicks the ball, you get the ball. Right, right, yeah. right. He was putting it right where it needed to yeah. be. I mean, his placement was fantastic. Yeah. One of the best white-footed players ever. Yeah, um, which reminds me of Arjen Robin, who's one of the best left-footed players. I, I played against him. I played did against you, him with you? his signature move. You know exactly what he will do. Yeah. He plays on the white side with his left foot. Right, this is my question. You know, everyone knows exactly what he, there's no question what he's going to do. He's going to drive it down on the, with his right foot, cross over, and then do a left footed kick. Yeah. But it's, why is he so unstoppable despite that? If you ever played against him, you know he's f very fast. Yeah. It, he, he makes all the things in a, in a speed. You, you, don't, you don't expect it. Yeah. You think, oh, this is his full speed. He makes his move. And he shifts gears. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very you you can't stop him in the one against one you yeah. need you need a second one then it's because the second one can close the the space where iron wants to go yeah yeah but then he chooses another free space yeah so or if if if, 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 if my colleagues come comes to help me somewhere he's missing 
Right. So there's a new space for his for 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 the next player from from Bayern Munich. So yeah. it's very difficult to play against these guys. Yeah, it's fantastic to watch because you you, you think you know. <laughs> fantastic what's to happen. watch if you're not in the other <laughs> if team. You're not a defender. Yeah, because yeah. you're a cent- you're, so. Let's get into your history. So you yeah. were as a professional player, you were a central back, right? So you were mostly, back. yeah, yeah. So you're the just to put in context for people that don't watch a lot of football or soccer, um, you're the guy who has to make sure. I'm the last guy before the goal, yeah. Yeah, you're the... Okay, I'm the last guy before the goalkeeper, yeah. Is that also called a sweeper sweeper back or no? Is that different? Not really, no. Okay. So you're you're basically the center back. You're the guy that has to make sure that nobody gets past you. Yeah. Because if they get past you, they're coming into the keeper. Yeah. And then it's trouble. Um, So what was your strategy as a center back? (laughs) My my strategy was um, to help the guys in front of me, the central midfielder, yeah um to do his job as best as he can so there's less work for me what was yeah so when you say so the center midfielder is the guy in front of you yeah so you're playing a three uh, mostly we played with four 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 two four four two okay yeah. that's how i played that as well so so you had so when you're a center back were you right or left center both okay i played both okay she's so operated back and yeah. forth and um where were you playing most most of your professional career? Most I played uh, on the left side. On the left side. Yeah. And which which team were you playing for? I started uh, for a team called Alemannia Aachen. It was in the second Bundesliga in okay. the beginning of two thousand. Then I went to FC St. Pauli. Okay. Um, it's a club from from Hamburg. There's a big Hamburg um, SV. It's, it's a bigger club who won also some European championships in the this 80s. This is where you came. You're, you're born, in, born in Hamburg? No, no. I'm born in Romania. Oh, you are? Uh, yeah. I'm born okay. in Romania and moved to Germany um, in the May of 90. Okay. After, after the, the wall came down. Uh, yeah. After the wall came down and um, East Europe totally... Sure. Yeah. Um, so is your, is your family Romanian? No, we are origin. We are we have some some German roots. Okay. In the 16th century, a lot of German people moved to Romania. There was a very very important um, how to say uh, trade 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 route. Yeah. And Hamburg was one of the one of the early trade centers in Europe. Yeah, right? it was yeah. because of his harbor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the people stayed in in Romania for a long time, over three four hundred years. And um, after Ceausescu, yeah, uh, well, locked everybody up. Yeah, and in in December '89, Ceausescu was uh, yeah, he also was was killed. Yeah, um, yeah, the the wall went down, the borders opened, and all the people with German roots um, went back to Germany. Right. Yeah. So my family is. Yeah, nearly everybody has a has a German uh, wood. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic! Because I've I've been to Bucharest, and you know I've seen. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful city. Actually. Bucharest is a beautiful city, but the rest of Romania still has a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, the yeah. communist history, and one of the things I had learned when I was in Bucharest was that you know prior to I think prior to World War One maybe or World War Two it was prior to communism it was really kind of a. a an intellectual capital, yeah. and a lot of amazing art. The buildings are beautiful, yeah. and they've become run down, kind of like Cuba because of communism. But uh, just an amazing place. And um, so, you remember growing up? I didn't know this about you. This is kind of new territory. So, do you remember growing up under Ceausescu? Yeah, I, I remember. Um, I remember things like um, 
my, my first drink except water I had with six or seven years when I came to Germany. Oh, wow. So yeah, it, it was really communism like you expect it was to be. You were drinking water all the time. Water and some, some orange juice when someone from Germany sent us this, uh, these packages. Yeah. yeah, We had a good friend who would, uh, was part of a, a Christian group, but he would smuggle in Bibles and things like this, but he would also bring lots of extra pairs of blue jeans and ballpoint pens and cassette tapes and Nike chocolates and so you could yeah. tr people could trade this stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That was like solid gold. Um, oh, what, a, what, a, what an amazing time! And so, how did you? So, when the wall came down, then you were able to move into wh wh where did you move from there to Hamburg? Nee, to, uh, to, to Aachen. Okay, it's, Aachen. it's in the west of Germany, it's close to, to Cologne. Okay. And uh, what did your parents think about moving back to Germany? How, what was their experience or how did, how did your family The experience react was just to have a better life. Yeah. Um, my uncle, the brother of my dad, um, lived already in, in, in Germany since yeah. 82 or 83. Um, so we, we moved there the first four weeks. We lived with them in their apartment. And then my dad got a job. Wow. My mom too. And so we built up our own life. Yeah. And have they been, were they just, what was, did they, I, I'm guessing that there's probably mixed reactions living in a new place. Were they enjoying it? Did they find it like refreshing? Did they like it, not like it? I don't know. I think they, they liked it. They yeah. did it because they wanted that we have a better life than sure. they had. Sure. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think it was very hard for my parents um, to leave their parents, so my grandparents alone um, they moved only in the mid 90s also to Germany okay um, but first we have to lead we had to leave them um, new in a new country everything's totally different than in, in Romania so you were speaking Romance or were you no because in, in the area where we lived yeah. there You could lift also if you only speak German because there were ah. German um, kindergarten, there were German schools on the streets. You could speak German. There's parts, uh, of, parts of Russia were like that too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because there were a lot of people who were uh, German or yeah, German yeah, yeah, immigrants or yeah. German nationals. Um, so I, I fluently speak German. Mm. I spoke a few words Romanian okay. because I also had some Romanian friends. Yeah. But um, if you if you don't keep on talking in, in the special language, you then you lose it. Yeah, yeah, you lose it. That's interesting. So, and when did you start playing soccer or football? I think with my first step. Okay, so yeah. you're playing in Romania. Yeah. Before you came to in Germany. the garden with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when we moved to Germany after a few months, I started to play in in the in the local club. That was, um, your, that was in Aachen. It was yeah. It was a few a few kilometers away from from Aachen. It's just okay. a small town. Nobody knows it, <laughs> and um, yeah. So so it started to become yeah. Not just playing with your with your father in the garden. So now you someone try to explain you what to do. Someone yeah. try to explain how to kick a ball. Yeah, you get a real soccer education. What's the in the in. Is, is the German style of coaching and playing different than other countries? In, in this age, there is no real education. In this age, it's just 
um, and that's for me also very important in the age from six to twelve. Let the guys play. Yeah. Let, just they. It's it's necessary that they have fun what they are doing. Right. Don't start to help them fall in love with the sport. Yeah. Don't try to to explain them. Hey, it's not allowed to kick like that. Or just let them play. And in the age of, I would say, ten, eleven, twelve, you can start putting structure into it. Yeah. All, all the things before is just it's just fun. How many positions have you played all over the field? I started as a striker. You did, yeah. yeah. You want to put some goals uh, in. Yeah. <laughs> I started as a striker, and in the age of fifteen, yeah, fourteen, fifteen, I went back in the midfield, and um, with sixteen, I grew up very fast from one. 72 to 190 like I'm now. Wow, so you were almost over six feet tall. Yeah, so I made 15, 16 centimeters in in the year. And so I was tall enough to be a central defender. And my, my coach at this age told me, hey, I'm pretty sure with, you, with, with the qualities you have, yeah. you would be a great defender. So I try you in this position. Usually you want tall guys with long strides back yeah. there. Yeah. And I was, uh, now I have to say, okay, it was the right decision. Um, yeah, and then I, I kept the defender. The, um, yeah, so I coached, I coached a lot of youth soccer when my kids were growing up. Yeah. And in the U.S. we have this thing called AYSO, American Youth Soccer uh, Organization. And I kind of like that the most because it's, you know, we have, we have very professionalized clubs and places where people play, you know, parents spend a lot of money, they play at a higher level. Yeah. When we moved to Laguna Beach and my kids were young, you know, part of the problems if you join one of these high, high, you know, high, high end clubs, you're traveling all over Southern California every weekend playing soccer on these hot soccer fields all over yeah. terrible places. And so... I said to my kids, I'm like, look, if you really love soccer, we can go that route. But why don't we just do AYSO and then we'll play locally. You know, it's one game on the weekend. We have two practices during the week. And you can do surf team, you can do tennis, you can do all these other things. And that's kind of where we ended up. The challenge is in AYSO, they have rules that, you know, you have the, they basically just divide the kids up. Mm -hmm. And so you have all kinds of kids on your team. A lot of them don't even care about soccer. Their parents <laughs> signed them up. And you have to play each kid three. There's, you know, they, we, they play a four-quarter game. Yeah, so like okay. Two halves, but divided into four, yeah. four quarters. And um, each kid has to play three quarters. Like, you can't just put a kid on the bench. Mm. So the question you start thinking about as a coach is, how do I bury the kids who really shouldn't be on the field? <laughs> <laughs> and so you have all these funny strategies. But but the thing I loved about it was um, just, also, just one question about yeah, about yeah, what yeah, age are we talking about? So this started. I coached um, from probably eight years old until I, I never coached past like probably fourteen because okay. I thought you know that's when more serious coaching is required. Um, and usually by that time, the good kids are going into clubs anyways. They're not really playing anyway. So yeah. and mine were kind of getting out of it. But the but the I was just going to say the thing that I tried to do I started reading a lot of the Dutch uh, like the AOX training journals yeah, and things yeah, like yeah. that and their whole thing was just let the kids play like you said yeah and so you the first thing I do is I make them take their shoes off because the, the natural thing for little guys is they want to toe the ball mm. if they have their their cleats on they'll do that so I yeah. say let's let's play barefoot and then they can't toe the ball and we just focus on short sighted um, games 
And, and the first thing that I would do is I'd line them up and I'd blow my own whistle and they can run across the field. And I'd say, who's the fastest? And they'd say, well, Bobby is or something. I'd say, okay, let's try it again. Blow the whistle, they run across, who's the fastest? Well, maybe it's Joey this time. The next time I'd get the ball and I'd blow the whistle, they'd all run and I'd kick the ball. And I'd, then, I'd, you know, the ball is, of course, the first one across the field. Yeah. I'd say, no, who's the fastest player? And they'll say, the ball is. Yeah. So the whole point was getting them to understand that the ball is the, yeah. is the fastest player. Making space, passing space, you don't even have to be that good. You just have to get good at placing the ball where you want it to be. And it was so much fun. I started having kids who were on club teams asking my son, hey, can I, can I practice with your dad's team? Because you guys have so much fun at practice. And so to me, it was less about, I was pretty sure none of my children were going to become professional soccer players. But I thought if we could at least have fun with the game, then we've learned something, and it's it's. Yeah. Is that the sort of thing that you're getting to? I'm sorry for the long story, but no, is no. that kind of what you're what you're talking about? That's what I'm talking about for children in this age, because it's not important. You you can't see if someone with eight or nine will be a, a future Pro, prof professional yeah. player. That's not possible. Right. Um, so give these guys some, only only fun at the game. Right. And. With 12, 13, 14, then you can start and split, okay, who needs more practice, who, is, who still plays only for fun. That's okay. Sure. Also with 25, if you have fun playing soccer, do it. Right. You won't be a professional soccer player, but you have a lot of fun making sports. But you'll enjoy your life. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> one of the most important things. And being a professional soccer player is a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard to get there. How do you, yeah, but how never you, lose the, the, the never lose enjoying the game. So how did you get from playing in a local club that in a town we haven't heard of to I know I know it's probably quite a big journey, but how yeah. did you get to that point? Because you were explaining to me yesterday there are very few spots yeah. in professional soccer for the number of people who want I to think, get there. I think like every young children in especially in Germany and Europe are dreamed about being a professional soccer player. It's by far the biggest sport, right? It's, it's the biggest sport in, in Europe, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was only a dream. Right. Um, with 14 or 15, um, it, was, it was a time where my... Yeah, how to explain it in not my native language. I tried my my skill my, <laughs> my sc soccer skills yeah. were bigger than my club at that moment could help me to increase to get better right so i there was there was a limit so i need to change to a bigger club sure um yeah, is that something you have to try out for how do you get onto a bigger club or they asked me they they recruited yeah, you yeah they recruited me because yeah they they saw me in a few games and said okay we we would like to have this guy in our team. Um, yeah, then I moved there. It was a higher level uh, with, with other coaches because the years before it was the father of a player. Sure. And now we have a coach with a license. Who's actually gotten training and yeah. knows what they're doing. Yeah. And the training was, it started with three times a week, then it was four times a week, Monday, Tuesday. Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday or Sunday there was a game. So it was also, you need a lot of time for that. Right. It's a big challenge for the parents because you have to get to the training because we're 15. It's not allowed to 
drive in Germany. We only can drive with eighteen. <laughs> you can't drive till you're eighteen. <laughs> yeah. Did, did 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 you have to pay for these clubs? Is this a paid sport at this point? No, no. Okay. No. So they the, that part's not a yeah. pressure on the parents. You have to be you have to be a club member, but it's only between twenty and fifty euro per year. So okay, it's not a big deal. No, no, not a big deal. It's really expensive in the U.S. Yeah, you have to pay your shoes, for example. That yeah. they and this age you. You need a lot of shoes in a year, so that's expensive. But it's not not expensive to play this game. Well, that's that's great. I mean, that makes it accessible to almost anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you you stepped up to a higher level to a bigger club. Yeah, and then I stayed there for two or three years, um, and then the next big club, Alemannia Aachen, who was a professional club at the time, the yeah. first team played in the second Bundesliga, or relegated to the second Bundesliga. Um, and they tried to, to build up a total new uh, youth academy. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, they asked me if I want to make a, um, a training session there just to, just to take a closer look at my skills. I made it. And I also made it that they offered me a contract. Wow. With uh, 16, yeah. Wow. So I, I went to Alemannia Aachen, the first big club, professional club with, with a youth academy. And this was the moment where you where also uh, became in a, where I also get into um, um, a selection of the best players in this area. And like, like uh, how to say, I think it's like a state selection in, in the US. So, um, we have also different parts in Germany. Sure. Yeah. Um, so is, is this kind of like in Munich? They have the, what's it, 1860? What's the name of the, the youth program? There? No, no, that's that's the other club in Munich, 8060 Munich. Okay. That's the second one. But um, it, it, it's Bavaria. Yeah. And it's it's a selection of all players who plays in clubs in Bavaria, for right. example. Right. And yeah. they, take, they take some international players too, right? Like, no, no. Only in, yeah. So if you play in the club in Bavaria. Yeah. You can play. You can play for this for this uh, for this team. Yeah. There was a kid at my son's school in Munich, the Munich International School, who came from Canada. Yeah. And I think probably played look just so he could get into 1860. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that possible? Does yeah, that that's sense? possible. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you get into this top club at, at Aachen, and then you start getting a contract to play. And is that like an, an early stage Bundesliga? Or no, is no, that it's a, a pre, it, it pre- was it was the highest the highest league in this age. Okay. We, so we played against all the other big clubs in 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 West Germany, against Cologne, against Bayer Leverkusen, against uh, Mönchengladbach, Schalke, Dortmund. So the yeah, well known yeah. clubs also from yeah. the European football. Yeah. Um, and with 17, I became a youth national player for Germany. Oh, wow. Because I, I made it good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the national coach invited me to a, um, to a training camp wow. with 40, around 40 players. Wow. And then he chose his squad for the, for the European Championship qualification. And how many out of the 40 made it onto the national team? 15, um, 20? N- no, from this 40, three. Because oh, wow. there, there was oh, already, already, already had a team. Yeah, 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 yeah you yeah. already had a team. There's only three spots. Open. Yeah, and and wow. um, it it's like you know you have you have there was there was a team of 20, 25 players. Yeah, and um, I mean it's it's in the NFL the same. You have your team, and in the preseason you have yes. much more players, and then you make a cut. Right, yeah. right. 
So well, even in the university, you can have people walk on who aren't recruited. Yeah. If, like, um, uh, what's his name? Um, one of the top defensive players at uh, the Packers who just retired. Uh, boy, I can't remember. Um, how does his name escape me? Looks like Thor. Um, but anyways, he walked on at USC. Yeah. His dad was a professional player and turned out he's really good. And then, and then uh, the same thing. But anyway, so... It, it's like um, there's a new playoff for the Patriots now. It's a German guy yeah. who didn't make the cut in the preseason. But because of Antonio Brown, leaves the Patriots after one week or 10 days. Yeah. Now he made it into the team. He got selected. So that, that's, that, that was the same. Um, there, was, there were 20, 25 players. And in, in this training camp, there were, were 40. And he said, okay, I need maybe two or three players. And I was one of them. Right. And um, then, it then it became a totally crazy week because I was 17 years old. Right. Um, and I get a phone, I get a phone call. Um, okay, you are in the squad for, for next week. We play in Finland against Finland two test games. Wow. So please come on Sunday to Frankfurt and we fly into to Finland. And, Had you okay. flown on a lot of airplanes at this point? Pardon? Had you flown on a lot of airplanes at this point? At this point, no. <laughs> this first, like, first no, it wasn't the first time I was with my parents two times uh, in holidays in Spain. Right. But this was an early... Yeah. And you're flying by yourself with your parents? No, no. We, we, we met with the whole team in Frankfurt on Sunday. Um, the problem was that normally I had some very important tests in school in this week. Oh, wow. Um, and when I get the phone call during the school time, I was like, okay, if I'm asking my teachers if I can go, they say no. If I would ask my parents, they said no. So what to do? Ask no one. Just go and play in the national team because... That's what I was dreaming all the time. So I mean, I, you, you a, get an invitation yeah, yeah, to yeah. the youth national team. Yeah. It's a big honor. It's, yeah. it's, you're one of the 20 best players in your age in, in the country. This so is your shot. You, yeah, that's, that's one off. You have to do it. Um, the problem was I knew if I don't make the tests in the school, I don't get my, um, my it calls Abitur. That's the school graduation you need. So, so in, in Germany, this is different than like the U.S. Yeah. Um, if if you want to go to university, yeah, you need this. You have to call it Abitur. You have to start. You have to pass this when you're yeah. about 15 or 16, right? No, it's 18. 18. It's okay. It's this a is third, like your, yeah. Otherwise, you could segment it into other types of work, right? Yeah. 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 After the school, you can choose. You can go to the university or you start to work. Right. Yeah. And so, is this a? Is this also a choice? Isn't one of the tracks to go into like gymnasium to go to the yeah, gym, yeah. gym yeah, like yeah. if you, if you need this if, if you want to have the if you want to go to university you have to go to the gymnasium to get this yeah it calls abitur after 13 years yeah. so it's like a profession it's a decision to go like kind of in a, in a professional for me, sports at this, at this moment for me it was a decision yeah wow and I choose playing soccer and your parents supported you or were they aware? What, they they had no idea. They supported me all the time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I have to be yeah. very thankful to of my course. parents my yeah. whole life. They drove me to every training. They drove me to the games. They bought me new shoes and whatever. Yeah. But at that moment, I couldn't ask them. They weren't aware of, the bit of how big this decision was. Yeah, okay. they, they were very happy and very proud that I will be at the 
national team, yeah. but they had no idea what I lose at this moment. But for you're, me, there was no question. They didn't because, realize you were trading university yeah, th for it. This yeah. was my, this, this was the one shot you get. Yeah. So I went to the national team and we flew to, to Finland and played, I think, near Helsinki. On Tuesday, the first game, I was in the starting 11 and after five minutes, I scored my first goal. Whoa, as yeah. a as a as a, as a it was a corner. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Why well, I was right. so tall, I was yeah. was also um, in, in front of the goal. Yeah. It, it, this week went totally crazy because first game, first goal. Yeah. On Wednesday, second game, and at this weekend, the following weekend, it was the last match day in the second Bundesliga, and the coach of the first team called my coach, my youth coach, um, because he read it in the newspapers that, I, that the guy from his club, a youth player, made his first national, uh, his first uh, game in the national team and scored a goal, blah, blah. What's about, what about this guy? Yeah. yeah, why? Yeah, you know, our second team um, needs a few of, of my players because they wanted to relegate to the next, uh, to the next league. Um, And I only have 14 or 15 players. Normally in, in the squad for a game, you have 18. Right. And my coach said, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. He improved, he improved very good the last month. Why? Send him to me. <laughs> I get a phone call. Uh, I, I talked with, with Eugen Hach, that was a coach. Um, he wants you to be, to be in the squad for the game at weekend in the second Bundesliga. Right. And, and it was like, wow, what a week. I mean, again, national team, first goal. Right. And now you have the possibility to be, to play second Bundesliga. It was, it was like a dream for me. Right, right. And so I, uh, I drove with the guys to the game, was on the bench, but it was a great experience for me. And after 60 minutes, um, he came to the bench and said, Ralf, come on, prepare. I bring you for wow. 30 minutes. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, really wow. Yeah. And you weren't expecting to play. I didn't expect to play. I was hoping, but yeah, I didn't yeah, expect yeah, to yeah. play because I was, I was 17. I, I mean, new. these were grown men. Yeah. These were <laughs> professional soccer players. Was it a little different level of play? It's a totally different level. Yeah. And my, I, I know, I knew he wanted me to bring on the left side in, 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 the, in, in the fourth back on the left side. Not in the central, uh, in the center, and uh, I knew the guy from the other team on the right side is a very physical strength player. Okay. I mean, he was a man. I was 17. I was still a teenager. Right. Right. Yeah. And I played against this beast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was kind of Marshall Lynch. <laughs> wait, wait, it's Marshall Lynch. <laughs> Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the beast mode, yeah. Right, 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 yeah. right. Beast mode, sorry. Yeah. I was thinking, I'm uh, trying to think of European soccer. No, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> He really looks like, like Marshall Lynch. It's and a big and, physical yeah, dude, yeah, and it was like, hey, I'm 17 years old, 65 kilo. Wow, that will, will be very hard. So he, he um, I get in for 28 minutes. Yeah. And awesome. It was 1-1 when I came in the game and we won 2-1 and yeah, it was, it was, it was a dream. Right. It was, 
wow. And um, then, um, normally I, I could play one more year in the youth team, um, but the coach from the first team, from the professional team, told me that I made the preseason with the, with the professional team. Um, and then I had to decide because they also train in the morning. So you can't be in... Yeah. So I can't be in school. Right. So I had to tell my parents, listen, I've got an offer for a professional contract, right. but I, had, I have to quit school. Um, they were on one side, I think they were very proud because... It's hard to get that opportunity at that age. Yeah. It's, it's very, very hard. But on the other side, I don't have any school. There's no graduate for me. It's it's a limit. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a way in Germany to go back and get yeah, that later? That's that's yeah. possible. Yeah, you yeah. can you can do your your Abitur like like yeah. it calls in Germany. Yeah. You can do it also with 25, 28, and then it calls evening school. Sure. So you go to school in the evening after the work. Um, yeah, and but that's not it. an easy process. It's not an easy process, and um, yeah, but for me. Yeah, it took me two seconds this to think about dream. it. This yeah, is, it, it and, was, and the doors were opening. I yeah. mean, it's kind of becomes obvious at a point, right? The, the door, point point the, the door opened for a few centimeters. I have to go through and yeah. stay there. Yeah. Um, so I tried it, and yeah, I did it for fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, and I know you were uh, a well-loved player. Um, you showed me some photos yesterday. We were talking. Um, we had traded some gifts over the years. Uh, I'd gotten you a, a jersey from the Packers. and uh, um, I still have to say thank you, no, no, Dave, okay. and thank you, my girlfriend, yeah, yeah. which you don't know at this moment when, when she texted you, right? Yeah, you yeah. didn't met her. Yeah. Um, but that was one of the best uh, Christmas gifts I ever get. No, it was... Uh, I, I think I'm fascinated. Um, two things. I, it was great to meet you. We had, we had some great conversations yeah. about... Thank football, you. Football, which I really <laughs> soccer and football, which I really enjoyed, but I'm also fascinated by the European kind of the growing European enthusiasm for American gridiron football. Um, we go to a bar in Paris a lot that my friend Pierre has. That's uh, it's called the WOS bar, but yeah. it's it's a Green Bay Packers shrine. <laughs> it's amazing. They have they will be packed every Packers game this season. Yeah, they will be packed at two a.m. with people showing up to watch the Packers play in Paris. It's I unbelievable. I, I sent you the picture last week. It was five <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the big problem in Germany it's, it's following the, the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Sunday night game starts in Germany at uh, at seven yeah. p.m. That's fine. Yeah. The second one at ten thirty. Yeah. That's fine too. Yeah. But the last one at two thirty in the morning. Two in the morning. Yeah, it's crazy. Whew. And it was five o'clock in the morning when. I was watching the Packers game and send you a picture. Hey, you've been in Europe too this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been in France, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was okay. It's five o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting here in my bed, trying not <laughs> to be so loud because my girlfriend's still sleeping. She has to work the next day. Um, and watching the Packers game. How, how are you watching? Are you watching on the NFL ticket, Sunday ticket? A lot of friends have the NFL Game Pass. Yeah. Um, I'm using um, the Zone. It's a oh yeah yeah. German. Uh, they they broadcast also the NFL. Yeah. Okay. Most of the games. Yeah, because we were trying to figure that out. Um, how to how to pull it up on uh, our devices while we're here? Because our problem is because we're we buy everything in the U.S. Yeah. and we're in Europe, it blocks us. So we have to get. Yeah. VPNs and all yeah, yeah, ways yeah. to kind of work through that. Next time you're in Europe, just ask me. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll I'll tell you what to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, so you're, so you're, you're, uh, 
you had given, uh, we had traded some gifts and, and we've had, some, uh, I think, a growing friendship. We were sitting here the other day and you gave me a gift, which I wasn't expecting, which was uh, your last game jersey. Yeah. Um, I think I've got it. Let's see. I've got it right here. But it's the, uh, it's a red. Let's pull it up. It's a red uh, game jersey from FC Ingolstadt. Ingolstadt 04? Yeah. Right? That's the official name of the team. That's the official name. It's a very young club founded in 2004, yeah. Right. And it's got your, it's got your name on the back, number 26. That's why we made episode 26 today. That, that's, that's kind of perfect. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's really <laughs> cool. Um, and it's got, it's got, the, um, you know, it's got a, your brands on there, Adidas, Audi, uh, Hermes. 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 It's not like the... the it's not, it's not the French designer brand. No. It's, it's a trucking company. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a... Yeah. And then the, the Bundesliga staff on the side. I mean, it's a beautiful jersey. And, and it's, it's really, it was kind of a very, it's an incredibly flattering gift um, because I know this is a very important jersey to you. It's a very important one for me, yeah, because um, it's. I didn't knew at that moment that it's it would be my last game. Um, yeah, tell me about. So this is the thing that struck me when we were talking, and this is this is actually why too. I was like, I, I think we really need to do a podcast because you um, you. Uh, I'm taking a picture. Can you flip it around too? Yeah. There we go. Um, because you uh, you gave this to me, and I was like, oh man, I don't know. If, I mean. I don't feel worthy to accept your last game no. jersey. Um, but also, then I asked you, I said, uh, you know, did you know it was going to be your last game? How this happened? Or something like, we talked about it, and you yeah. said, well, I didn't know this was going to be my last game. No, I didn't know, because um, it was it was a normal second Bundesliga game. Right. We played against uh, Frankfurt, uh, FSV Frankfurt. It's the smaller club, in, you know, Eintracht Frankfurt. It's, it's a big one, um, very well known in Europe now. And FS4 Frankfurt is a, is a smaller one. And we played against them. I was in a starting 11. Everything was fine. Um, and a few days later, I had an ACL in my right knee. Right. Um, so it took me out for seven months. And how old were you at the time? Uh, 31. And how long have you been playing professional soccer? 15 years, yeah. So for 15 years, professional football is your life. Yeah. You blow out your ACL effectively. Yeah. yeah. For the first time. The I didn't have any, any bad injuries longer than four to five weeks. And fixing an ACL isn't... I mean, that's a fairly routine surgery, correct, or not? Now, nowadays it is, yeah. Okay, then it was not. So I, I, I came back stronger also, really, because uh, during the, the, the time you, you, you're a lot in the gym, you work very hard to be back. Um, but it was right before my 32nd birthday... Um, and my, my contract after the injury was extended. Um, it happens in, in April. Yeah. So they ex and, and the contracts in in in, uh, in soccer always run from the first of July until the until end of uh, June. Okay. Because that's a football. That's a soccer that's year. The, that's the season. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they extended my contract. You do it. Normally you do it because you. You don't let a player alone with such a bad injury. And there is no risk for the club because after six weeks, they don't have to pay you. Right. So the, the insurance pay you. Yeah. So don't have any costs and ri or risks. Um, but you only get money from the insurance if you have a contract. Mm. If they wouldn't have extended my contract, I wouldn't get any money from the insurance. Right, because then you're not a player anymore. Yeah. So they did. I'm very thankful. Um, 
But after this year, so extended for one year, and after this year, uh, we relegated to the first Bundesliga. Um, and they didn't offer me a new contract, which was fine because I don't think I was at this time good enough for the first Bundesliga. I was good enough for the second, but I also played first Bundesliga a few years ago. Um, but it, that wasn't my peak level. It, yeah, yeah. The peak was, was a few years ago. Um, I think it's very important to know to know your quality, to know where you stand and what, try to be realistic. Sure, sure. So I, I, was, I said, okay, it's, it's fine if I would love to play first Bundesliga. Of course. But it wasn't realistic. Right. And it was honest, I was honest to, my, to myself. That's very important. Um, and for me, it's very important. And so I, I was like, okay, it's, it's okay. I can understand that you don't offer me an, an, another contract. Um, and I tried to get a contract in another club in the second Bundesliga. Right. Um, and every club told me, yeah, we know you played in the first and second Bundesliga. You have a lot of experience, 15 years and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, you had a bad injury a few months ago. And um, my birthday is September when, when, when the season starts. The season starts mostly mid of August, end of August. Right. Yeah, you, you will be 32 in a few weeks. You're too old. Isn't that amazing? And I was like, wait a moment, 32, too old? Because at this time, it was 2015. Yeah. Um, there was a time when all the clubs only wanted to have players with in in the age of 19 or 20 the younger the better i don't know why wow. it's it's important to have young players with a lot of speed with but they also yeah. don't have experience right yeah i had the experience and for me it wouldn't be a problem if a club came to me and said listen ralf um you won't make 34 games per year so a season has has uh, 34 games in right. the first and second bundesliga But um, I want you to to bring your bring in your your experience. Right. Help the younger players. If you make 15 games, 18, we bring you. Sure. Th that would be fine for me, just to to help the team getting better. There's a, a Jonathan Stewart's a player. He's a friend of mine in the NFL, and he uh, I think his one of his last seasons he was you know he was a great player. Yeah. But they kept they kept him on. I think at. Uh, I believe it was the Giants, and mainly because they wanted him to help. He's a really great human being, yeah. and they wanted him to help develop some of the younger players, yeah. not just how they play, but also how they think about their life and the yeah. sport yeah. and all yeah. those sorts of things. So that, that was one thing where I said, okay, I'm 32 now. Um, I always wanted to play until 34, 35. That was my, my plan to, to retire in this age because um, you have to say when you, when you reach this age and still playing it, get more and more difficult to stay on a high level because all the people, all the guys who, who are now educated, there's a total new way of developing youth players. Right. They are much better now than I was with 18. Right. No, I totally so it's understand. very hard to, yeah, a, to stay on this level. There's a whole new level of training yeah, for the yeah, youth yeah, players. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and so this was my plan, but yeah, I didn't make another game. So, This shirt is for my last game in the starting 11. Wow. After my injury, um, at the last uh, match day, the coach uh, bring me in for 15 minutes like a 
farewell to, to, yeah. like a thank you and all the best that's pretty cool um, yeah I was very thankful for this it was very important for me after such a long time um, not playing it was like I said the injury was in April and yeah. this game I'm, I'm talking about was in May so you got to get back in yeah so I, 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 I start uh, training with the team after seven months yeah um, but I didn't make a game so and this was the last possibility to make to, to play a few minutes a few a few minutes um, so after that and after the the thing that I didn't get a new contract in any club yeah um, so now you're in a different space right you're totally what do you do next yeah it, it it was hard for me to realize that it's over now because like I said I wanted to play until 34 35 um, And the injury made it nearly impossible. Right. And um, yeah, that's why at that moment I didn't know that it would be my last game in the starting 11 with this shirt. Yeah. Um, then I knew it. Okay, it was my last game. And um, because of uh, because it wasn't my decision, I had no plan for this for this moment. Right. I always knew if I retire, I want to be a coach. Yeah. So, but when you decide to do it next year, you have a year to to plan to plan it to to. There's yeah, actually a lot of to, training and licensing that has to happen. Also, to talk with the right guys to uh, to sign in for the for for the uh, for this uh, where you can make the license and so on. But I had no time for that. Right. Um, I kept on on training with uh, with the second team in in Ingolstadt because I, um, the coach was a former player, so I knew him very well, and I asked him if I can keep on training with him just to stay to stay uh, fit. If if a team want to sign me after the season starts, that's possible in Germany. If you don't have a contract, you can be signed the whole uh, the whole season until January. Okay, so like a free agent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did it a few months, and but I didn't get any calls from yeah. no clubs. Um, and this, it was a very, very hard time for me because the, proce the process realizing it's over, all that you were dreaming about your whole life, what you did your whole life, things is that, over now. Things that took up every day, every thought, every strategy. It's, it's 24-7. Yeah. Being, being a professional soccer player, being a professional athlete. Not right. only soccer, an athlete is a 24-7 job. Right. How to, what to eat, when to eat, how to sleep, when to sleep, how long, right. how to behave, whatever you do. It dictates your life. It dictates your life. Um, and now it's over. From, from one day to another, all is gone. <laughs> and it won't come back. Right. So it, it took a few weeks, it took a few months. It was hard, it was difficult, and at that time, I met my girlfriend, Marina. Yeah, who's beautiful, by the way. She's here with us yeah, today. She's, she's, on the deck. she's enjoying the sun at the moment, yeah. yeah. Um, at, I didn't realize it at that time, but now I know. I don't know what could happen if I didn't meet her. I don't know. And, and how did you meet? <laughs> uh, you want to tell us, Marina, how we met? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, how you do it now in the in the 2018 uh, or 2016 uh, online? 
Oh but not on Tinder. We met on. <laughs> <laughs> we met. Uh, I won't explain Tinder. If people don't know what it is. Probably better. You no, don't no, know. You have it in US, don't <laughs> no, you? No, of course. Okay. Of course, we have Tinder. Yeah, it's a. It's not even a dating app. It's a hookup app, basically. Yeah. yeah. And we're joking about this. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. so you, you didn't meet her on Tinder. How did you? How, how did this? Happen? We met on Facebook. Okay. We met on Facebook. Um, I received the message on the 10th of October 2015. Um, because it it wasn't it, it wasn't a fanboy me- or fangirl message. It was more like, hey, I really appreciate what you're doing for the for social life that you because I'm I'm a guy. Um, I I feel responsible uh, for stand up against homophobia, against racism, against bigotry and, and, and against bias, social yeah. Uh, uh, inequality. How, yeah. For me, they are very important things. And as a professional athlete, you have a voice. Was, People yeah, listen to you. You can put a spotlight on yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. If, if someone else who's working in car insurance, for example, says something, <laughs> yeah. It's nice, but it doesn't have the same, yeah. same volume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and I played for, for St. Pauli a lot of years, and they are very well known for their social engagement. And um, so I learned it there that you have a voice, use it for the good thing. Right, right. And that's the only thing she wanted to tell me. And I was like, hmm, she looks really nice. <laughs> Reply. Yes, then, then I wrote her. And how it goes, a few weeks later, we met the first time. She lived in, sorry, she lived in Hamburg. I was in Ingolstadt. It's um, 700 right. kilometers, yeah. It's a it's a big distance. So, so drive so a, a in drive, Germany it's a big yeah, distance. Well, it is. I, I think anywhere. I mean, it's <laughs> if you were going to drive that even on the autobahn, that would be how many hours? It depends on the traffic, but you can do it in in five hours, but you can do it also in eight. So right, I would say normally it takes five and a half to six hours. Yeah. Okay, and that's if you're really smoking. Yeah, no, if you're really smoking, it it's possible in four, but that, that's another topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, yeah. So, so we met a few weeks later, and it was. I have to say it from from the point of view now, because at that time I didn't realize it. At the point of view now, um, I know it was for me very important to have a person in my life um, who I can talk to, what I really feel. Yeah. Because I didn't have it at that moment. I wasn't alone. Even if I wasn't the nicest guy in a few moments to her, <laughs> she still stayed beside me, helped me, and was there for me. That's, I think that's the measure of a partner, right? I mean, yeah. if it, it's easy to be with somebody when everything's going well. It's hard to be with somebody when things are falling apart or aren't, aren't but, easier. But, but we only anymore. met a few days or weeks ago. Yeah. But she, she's been there. When you know, I had said she's a beautiful person, and I'm, I've just, I mean, I've traded messages with Marina, and, yeah. and now I've gotten to know her a little bit. I mean, she's beautiful on the outside, but she's beautiful on the inside as yeah. well. She's a, and I'm not just saying this because she's sitting just outside us on the deck, but yeah. she, you're, you, you guys seem to get along very, very well, and uh, I think you're very fortunate to have found such a, such yeah. a wonderful yeah, woman. Yeah, I am, I am, I'm, and and yeah, I'm really looking forward for the next, um, what, how many did we? Seventy years. 70 years from now on. <laughs> <laughs> the next 70? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, so, so she helped me a lot in, in, in this time. Um, 
but I still had no plan what to do. Right. Um, so you still need a purpose, right? I, I still need, need yeah, some, I, I'm a, I really enjoy my free time. I yeah. really enjoy relaxing. Yeah. But after a few weeks, it's like, I want to do something useful. Right. I want to do something. Right. And, um, and the guy I met, uh, or I, yeah, I met on Twitter, Marco Hagemann. He's a very well-known commentator in Germany. Sure. Um, who's, for example, um, the main commentator for the for the games of the German national team. Okay. Sent me a message um, if I uh, if I'm able to to uh, to go with him to Scotland for the game Scotland Germany to be his his assistant. Why did he call you? Why did he select you? Normally, he has another guy who helps him, but it he's uh, he's a teacher, yeah. and um, it wasn't uh, during the holiday, so he had no no possibility to get to Scotland. He had to teach. Yeah, and so yeah, he asked me um, as a as an assistant of of a commentator. Um, it's good to know a lot of things about soccer because you explain him what happens on the field and why. Right. And he tells the people because in Germany, in the last years, the German um, television didn't work with pundits like you know it in every sports in, in in the US. Doesn't matter if NBA or NFL, MLB, everybody's working with pundits who explain what happened, why. Sure. And in Germany, they didn't. Okay, so it's just live play by play. Yeah, it's okay. live play by play and only with with the commentator. Okay. And um, but they they uh, took the help from from pundits but you didn't hear them right um and because of there wasn't any soccer which dictates me my life yeah. i didn't knew it it was also something totally new i had to learn because in my first 17 or in my first 18 years school dictates my life sure and after that soccer dictates my life when to be there when do you have free time or so on, and so on but now I was free. <laughs> now you're like, yeah, it sounds, scary, it sounds is, weird. Which is scary, right? It I sounds mean, it's, also it's too weird. too much freedom yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. but when you don't, if you don't know it, it's you have to learn it how it is to, okay, I have no date tomorrow. I have There's nothing. no boss. There's nobody telling me what to do. Yeah. Um, so he asked me, I think it was in October, October, yeah, October of 2015. Um, and I said, yeah, for sure. Tell me where to be when and I'm there. Um, so we went to Scotland. I helped him. It was good. And a few months later in May, um, he called me again. We stayed in touch, but there was no nothing business we had to do together. And in May, he called me. Let's meet. There was something I have to tell you. I said, okay, let's meet. Um, I still had no things to do. Right. So it was from October to May. Um, I still was searching what to do. I, I don't have, yeah, I didn't have any, any, I didn't have a job. And so I met him and he told me there will something new in Germany. It calls the zone. You have it in US actually too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they started in, in Germany. They started in uh, 2016. In, in July, August. Um, yeah, it will be, and they try to make it totally different than all the other uh, TV channels. Um, they they works with they work with a commentator and with a pundit. Okay. 
and they want me to they want me to ask you uh, if you want to be one of them wow and it was like yeah why not sure let's let's try it <laughs> yeah let's try it and um Yeah, so we tried it. Um, my first game was, I think, Borussia Dortmund against AC Milan. Okay. It was a preseason game. Yeah. And I really liked it. It was fun because I watch soccer, I talk about soccer, and the, one of the best things is I'm getting paid for it. And they want you to share your opinions, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun. The zone had a lot of fun too. The bosses came to me, hey, it's nice what you're doing. If, if it's okay for you, we want to hire you. I'm a freelancer. And uh, yeah, let's do it for the next time. And so it began. And so it began. And um, it started with the four big European leagues, Premier League from England, yeah. um, La Liga from Spain, Serie A Italia, uh, so Italy, and um, Ligue 1 from, from France. Um, and I started to, to be pundit in all four leagues. Oh, so wow. I met nearly, I made three to four games per weekend. Oh, it was wow. very hard. Wow. But we, 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 we hadn't so much pundits that we can separate it. So I had to. Yeah. Um, and after a few weeks, the more and more pundits. But it's also fun, right? It's, it's, it's fun. It's hard work that's fun. It's, yeah. I would never say it's, it's a really hard work because it's still soccer. I, st I still stay in, in touch with soccer. Well, I, well, exactly. And I like to use this analogy. You know, look, anything you're going to do well is going to be hard work. But yeah. if you can make the hard work fun, then it's play. Yeah, yeah. And then it's actually, if you feel like yeah. you're doing something, you know, then yeah. who cares how hard you're working, right? It's, it, it's hard work because you have to stay... Focused. You have, have to stay focused. Um, it's important that you know a lot of things other people don't know right so you need your network you you have to prepare for the game yeah but it's not a hard i don't have to work in a coal mine well, no exactly I've, I've, there's another interview i did with a, a guy named pat parnell who's yeah. a good friend of mine and he does commentating on board sports so yeah. on like mountain biking or yeah. uh, surfing snowboarding and you know one of the things that he does to prepare is he He knows all the trick names. He knows who the riders are. He knows their backstories. He said, because, you know, part of what you're trying to bring to the viewer, yeah. I mean, they can see what the person's doing. What you're trying to bring to them is what they don't see that's happening, yeah. right? This backstory, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the difficulty, something that, ha you know, all these types of things, yeah. which I, I, I think you're saying the same, yeah. very similar things. Yeah, Yeah. So, so I stayed there and then after a few weeks, more and more pundits were also part of the zone and um, then I start focusing to the Premier League because mm. the Premier League was also the league I really enjoyed the most watching it during my, my sure. career. I always dreamed playing in the Premier League, but I wasn't good enough, right. unfortunately. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I focused on the, on the Premier League. The other guy, Jonas Hummels, the brother of Mats Hummels, very famous um, uh, player in Germany, um, is, is more focused on, 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 on Spain, on, on the Spanish League, and everything's fine, and I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and now, yeah. And this is what you do now, right? You're still I'm, 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 st I'm still doing it. Um, the zone gets more important TV rights, like the Bundesliga, yeah. so the, the local league, like the Champions League, yeah. the most important compet club competition in Europe. Um, also the Euro League, it's also a very important club competition. 
And um, yeah, it, it, it makes a lot of fun. How many days a week or how, how busy are you with this work now? Um, it depends on if it's an international week where Champions League and EuroLeague, they play uh, Tuesday, Wednesday Champions League and on Thursday is EuroLeague. Um, when it's an international league, I make up to four, sometimes, yeah, sometimes five, but four, four games a week. Right. And if it's not an international league, only with the uh, with the leagues at the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it depends on one or two games a week. Yeah. Do you comment on the on the women's football as well, women's no, soccer? No, I don't. Okay. We also we also uh, broadcasted the the uh, the World Cup last summer. Yeah. But we have other uh, commentators, and we had some female pundits for for the, the, the for the World Cup. Yeah. Well, it seems like that, that's the one place America can be successful right now in, in football is, uh, is women's, women's soccer. They were very successful. And um, I talked about uh, social, social responsibility and raise your voice. I mean, I was going to ask you about that. What do you think about the, the pay disparity and things like this? <sighs> that's a very... Normally, it's, it's easy to, to give an answer. Uh, equal pay is important. Yeah. Um, But I also understand the people who say it's important, that's right, that's correct, but where does the money come from? Right. Because if you say how many people watches the male soccer games, for example, in Germany, yes. in the first league, and the female soccer in the first league, there's a big difference. T totally get that. I, I think in the US, one of the criticisms was that more people are watching women's soccer yeah than, i know i know our men's team so pathetic i mean so the me, female team earns yeah. the same amount or more money than the male right, team but right. didn't get paid like yeah that's that's totally correct yeah it's, it's a little yeah. bit complicated um i'm a big fan of equal pay of course so yeah, yeah don't um, don't get me wrong yeah um but but in the in the in the soccer business i mean guys like let's stay on the highest level cristiano ronaldo or Lionel messi they earn around i don't know in their clubs 25 30 million euro per year and also with advertisement and yeah yeah they're making a lot of money hundreds of millions of dollars in their contracts but there are also a lot of million jerseys sold with cristiano ronaldo on the back and, and i think at least the conversations i've seen i don't think the conversation was should women be paid like cristiano you know like ronaldo or messi yeah. or some of these players i think the question was um, at least what I saw in the United States conversation and where I thought it was pretty valid was if the women's team is getting more viewers and generating more more advertising yeah. sales, why aren't they at least being paid the same amount per game? They can work out their, their sponsorships on their own. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think yeah. that comes down to what you're bringing to the, to the brand. Yeah. But uh, I think the, the, the concern in America is the only real football we have that's that really competes at an international level as the yeah. women, yeah. why aren't we paying them at least as much as we're paying our men's team? And I thought that was a fairly fair... For that, you get my full support. Fair yeah. criticism, yeah. yeah. And that was more about the league the league pay and things yeah. like that. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, and of course, um, women are always trying to catch up, and that's always part of the part of the difficulty because they've been kept down for so long. So, yeah. so getting there is always the hard part. In yeah, it out. is, it is. Um, We have to go watch some sailing today at some point, I, I, I hope. I, I hope so, too. Yeah. I hope so, too. That's and, why we are here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so one of the questions I like to wrap things up with, since we're talking about values and social responsibility and things like this, 
I love to ask people about their view of the universe. Um, you know, it could be a view, a question about God, not God. Where do your <laughs> values come from? What matters? What are ethics? Um, for you, you, you talk about social responsibility. Um, obviously, you're commentating now, so you have, in, in a way, even a bigger spotlight than you had as a player. But, but let me let, yeah. let me wrap, wrap that up because yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not only working as a pundit yeah. at the moment. I'm still working on my my licenses for being a coach. I'm a That's youth right. oh, I'm yeah, a youth yeah. coach for for three years now. And you're getting more more licenses. Yeah, for higher there's coaching, only right? one one license left. Um, to be able to uh, to be the coach of the big Bundesliga teams, yeah. um, is which is very having? hard to get there, only yeah. 25 places a year, right. and it's very expensive, but that's the last one, and that's my plan for the future, Try being a pundit, yeah. that, because it's a lot of fun, yeah. um, and as long as I com can combine it with being a coach, I will do it. Um, yeah, and in the next two to three years, I'm trying to get the last, the biggest license. It calls a UEFA Pro license. Right. Then you can be the coach of every team. Wow. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe even in the U.S., you can help us put a program together to build a, <laughs> a competitive international men's program. You, you, you tried it with with Jürgen Klinsmann. Yeah. Was the the coach of the of the, the national team, team and yeah. um, a, a guy who who had a big influence in the. Uh, for for the German football in the mid two thousand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, well, it'll be interesting to see where where that ends up. But I'm I'm really excited to hear that you're you're um, going deeper into coaching. And yeah. I can't wait to see where your career takes you. <laughs> um, so I think this is a fascinating conversation because you've talked about you know the difficulty one getting into pro soccer, and then of course the bigger difficulty, which is being in your early thirties, all your life is invested in the period of time when most people are building the beginning of a career, um, you know, you're done by the time most people are just getting started. Yeah. And then you have to find something new. You found a, a, a new place in commentating, which has been rewarding. And now you're building another another place in, in coaching, which I hopefully, I'm going to knock on wood here. Yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm very hopeful for you that it takes you in, to all the all the levels of greatness and more that you've already had. I, I hope so. I have uh, high hopes for you. Yeah. Um, so I guess last big question, yeah. and I like to ask this one because I think it's kind of, it's just, it's interesting to see where people come from. There's no right or wrong answer. These ethics, these values that inspire you to talk about, you know, social inequality and, and um, you know, being anti-bigotry and things like this. Where does that come from? What's the, what, 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 what inspires that in you? Are you religious? No, no, no. I'm not. Okay. Um, my parents tried to give me all the possibilities that I find my own way right so they didn't tell me there is no God yeah or they didn't tell me there is a God right they told me find your own way there was the Bible yeah we had a religion in the school yeah um, but I, I, it never catched me yeah um, I, I understand everybody who says it catch me I believe in God and I want to pray every day that's fine do it sure I have no problem with it right but that's not what that wasn't my way in my youth right um, where does it all come from for me um, first of all for my parents because they made no difference if my friends came from Turkey from Spain if they're black white yellow green whatever they're all people yeah we're all people um, and very important for me was my time in Hamburg with 
the club FC St. Pauli, yeah. um, because he's very well known for his um, work in, the, in Hamburg, but also for raising the voice for stand against racism. There is on the, um, on the main stand, there is a, a, a huge graffiti from one side to the other. Yeah. Um, it calls Kein Fußball den Rassisten, what means um, no soccer for racists. Right, because that can be a problem in some of the games, right? Where people it's it's it was a big, it's still a problem. Yeah, um, some of the teams will pick out somebody and yeah. chime in on their race or their heritage. I, I had it with with a teammate uh, called uh, Danny Da Costa. He plays now in Frankfurt. We played in uh, we played together in Ingolstadt. Um, he was abused way, uh, with with uh, racistic chants and yeah. and monkey noises and like that, and it was it was awful. Yeah. Um, And um, that's why I'm standing up against these, these uh, things. Um, and yeah, like I said, it, on one hand, it comes from my parents because they educated me very open-minded, tolerant. I, I don't care if you, right. like I said, I don't care uh, on what you believe, which sexuality do you have, where you come from, doesn't matter. That's your choice. Yeah, For or, me, it's or, important. Or are you, from, yeah, are you not cool or not? Are you an asshole yeah. or not? That, right. uh, sorry for this word, That's but okay. you know what That's I mean. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I don't care about your gender or what you feel, which gender or something between or both. Doesn't matter. Right. Just, just be nice. That's all. And um, yeah, my parents end the time in Hamburg because um, yeah, you if you I played eight years for this club. Um, we started in the third league. We relegated to the second league we were relegated to the first league when I came there in 2003 um, they needed 2.5 million euro in a few weeks or the club would be um, closed yeah would be closed um, and a few years later we built a new stadium because we had some we had a lot of um, uh, success in the in the German cup where you play against bigger teams and can earn a lot of money in, 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 in a few games, but you have to win against teams from, from the higher league. And we did. Yeah. It was in the semi-final when we lost against Bayern Munich. Okay, you can lost against Bayern Munich when you play in the third league. Um, but at that time, um, we really helped the club to, to earn a lot of money to wipe all the way, uh, all, all, the, um, all, the debt. all the debt away. Um, build a new stadium or rebuild the old one um, to, to a modern stage because of, it was a very old stadium um, and if you stay so long in this club and, and make so many highs and lows with this club with the fans who are very passionate sure. um, you also learn what it means to play for this club what it means That football is more than 90 minutes on Saturday. Yeah. It, it could be more. But it's, it's a relationship. Or soccer. Yeah. It, it, it's not necessary, but it could be more. Yeah. And you could change, you, you can change things. You, you, can, you can also build a movement. And so we did. That's awesome. And that's why I'm raising still my voice and I will ever do for the good thing. And... Um, I had a, had a nice conversation with a coach from the, from the first Bundesliga team last week. Um, and I said, hey, Sandro, I don't care if this airport needs a third uh, start and landing uh, um, yeah. lane. That's not, my, that's not my politic because 
there are people who get paid for to decide if it's necessary or not. Sure. But if we talk about human beings, if if we talk about a social, uh, peaceful um, environment, uh, social just to live together without any discrimination. Right. That's where we have to raise our voice. Focus there. Yeah. Focus. That's the importance. Yeah. The, the essentials. Yeah. I think that's uh, that's fundamentally important. And I think you know I, what I love hearing is kind of like we were talking about Messi or Ronaldo, how they're able to kind of shape the a game to their will. Yeah. Um, you know what I hear you saying, and I think uh, maybe uh, you're you're a humble person. Maybe you wouldn't quite say this aggressively, but. I feel like one of the things you've been able to do with this club and, and the people that you've worked with is create relationships based on something deeper than just playing a game with a ball and making it about values and about essential qualities that humans share yeah. that that creates a movement and allows us to progress as humans yeah. to much better places. And I think that's, I mean, if you can do that with a, with a ball and a field and some players, uh, I have... I have uh, Big hopes for where you're going to take uh, take your coaching and, and your commentating and the rest of I your I hope career. so. Well, thank you very much, Ralph. This has been a, a great conversation. Thank you. And uh, this is the Kick Aspirational Podcast. It is not a spectator sport. Uh, <laughs> I would love to hear about your questions, your comments, your engagement with this podcast. Uh, Ralph, if people want to reach out to you, is there a place they can do that? Like they on can do it on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, it's at Felgenralle. That's my nickname here in Germany. It's F-E-L-G-E-N-R-A-L-L-E. Right, and I'll tag you on my, I, my I would, I, That's what I want to say. I'm pretty sure you will tag me. I will tag you. And I've already tagged you on the on the Jersey post. So you can find Ralph. You can People can DM you and ask you yeah, questions. Yeah, because um, I'm doing it all by myself and I'm responding every question. And yeah. That's great. Well, this has been a, this has been a great one. And so please reach out. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. And uh, whatever you do this week, please, by all means, be kick aspirational. <laughs>